0: Hello and welcome to The First Fill. My name is Q Nguyen and I serve as the Director of Content Development here at APHA in the Education Department. For today's segment, we'll be discussing everyone's favorite beverage, coffee, or more specifically, the who, what, and when of caffeine withdrawal. We all know about it, so let's dive a little bit deeper. For instance, did you know that was a huge amount of studies characterizing caffeine withdrawal, The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, fifth edition, or more commonly called the DSM-5, now includes diagnostic criteria for it. And the World Health Organization also has an ICD code called caffeine-dependent syndrome. Who knew, right? Well, now you do. And in the United States alone, more than 90% of adults get a caffeine kick regularly with the average consumption being more than 200 milligrams of caffeine per day. That's about one to three cups of coffee, but ranges widely considering the many varieties out there. Caffeine sources include obviously coffee and tea, but they're also in those ubiquitous energy drinks that we see all over the shelves. We have our standard caffeinated sodas, as well as dark chocolates, for example. Caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant and is the most widely used drug in the world. As an adenosine receptor antagonist, it binds to adenosine receptors in the brain, thereby promoting wakefulness. It also induces the release of dopamine, and with all this going on, it's easy to see how we develop a physical, emotional, and psychological dependence on it. It produces a variety of physiologic effects on the cerebrovascular system, as well as your blood pressure, respiratory functioning, gastric and colonic activity, Your urine volume, and exercise performance. So low to moderate doses of caffeine, such as 20 milligrams to 200 milligrams, produce reports of increased well-being, happiness, high energy, alertness, and sociability. Whereas higher doses than that are more likely to produce symptoms of anxiety, jitteriness, and an upset stomach. It's important to note that tolerance, especially to the stimulant effects, develops over time, and cessation or reduction of consumption may result in withdrawal symptoms. So even a low daily dose of caffeine, such as one small cup of coffee per day, can result in withdrawal symptoms. Now, the severity of these symptoms can vary between individuals and typically include headache, fatigue, decreased energy and alertness, drowsiness, irritability, and difficulty concentrating. According to several studies, approximately 13% experience significant distress or functional impairments, while 50% of individuals experience headaches. These headaches are due to caffeine's vasoconstrictive properties, causing narrowing of blood vessels that surround the brain. With regular caffeine consumption, this can lead to dependency, and when our regular caffeine habit is interrupted or stopped, the blood vessels can then dilate leading to increased blood flow and pressure on the surrounding nerves. This is what triggers the caffeine withdrawal headache. And these headaches can persist for several weeks as the body adapts to the absence of caffeine. Withdrawal symptoms usually begin 12 to 24 hours after the cessation or reduction of consumption. And it peaks between 20 to 51 hours, lasting from around two to nine days. The withdrawal symptoms, of course, again, can range from mild to extreme and may extend beyond impaired performance to changes in blood pressure, heart rate, diuresis. there may be hand tremors, flu-like symptoms, symptoms of nausea and vomiting, constipation, muscle stiffness, just a whole host of symptoms, right? One study found that caffeine withdrawal can occur just after three days, only three days of regular caffeine consumption with increasing in severity of withdrawal observed after seven to 14 days of continued use. So therefore, I think it's important to note that when taking a patient's history to determine if they have withdrawal symptoms, it's essential to ask about their habitual caffeine intake, their dose, their duration of consumption, the time of their last drink, any previous withdrawal episodes, and the severity of those symptoms. As healthcare professionals, When keeping this in mind, it's important to have a working knowledge of these symptoms because it can overlap with those symptoms associated with anxiety, depression, mood disorders, and insomnia. Additionally, caffeine withdrawal can result in abnormal vital signs such as tachycardia, increased respiratory rates, and elevations or um, a decrease in your blood pressure. This type of physical presentation can complicate patient presentations or sound alarm for something like a migraine, hypothyroidism, anxiety disorder, depression, and infections, among other possibilities. Findings suggest that individuals who wish to overcome caffeine dependence should be advised to gradually decrease the caffeine consumption to prevent the onset of these withdrawal symptoms readministration of caffeine can rapidly and often completely reverse caffeine withdrawal with an onset of 30 minutes to an hour. But even a small amount like 25 milligrams of caffeine can alleviate the severity of some of the symptoms. Other treatments for withdrawal obviously include slowly switching to decaffeinated beverages or foods. Um, You can definitely also recommend taking over-the-counter pain relievers such as Acetaminophen to help alleviate headache pain associated with caffeine withdrawal. To wrap things up, caffeine withdrawal is a real phenomenon. It can lead to a range of symptoms, and gradually reducing caffeine intake over the course of two to three weeks can be an effective treatment option. When appropriate, don't forget to inquire about caffeine consumption in your patient histories. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you found this information helpful for your patients, your family and friends, and maybe even for you. Till next time.